everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know my badass bitch sidekick, Master John Lord Ballad John Hotkicks me, mother! It is I! Yay! Me! <laughs> <laughs> Smoking that cigar in your diaper, John. That one came deep from inside my throat. Deep, <laughs> deep, deep throat, Nick. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I need more practice. You know, it's the beginning of the week, and we're already dragging ass. That party whipped our ass. It did. It tore our ass up. Oh, just saying. They, they see? You're yawning. Yeah, I know. I'm yawning. I look at my dogs, and they're yawning, and I'm yawning. Everybody's yawning. All right. So we got a good pump party. Up. It was a good party. Yeah. Pump, pump up the pump, jam. Pump, pump, pump it up. All right. So tonight. God, we're done. Today. <laughs> <laughs> we're fabulous, Jan. We are awesome. You're going to be reading some listeners' emails, Jan. Oh, good. You ready? <laughs> That's my favorite. No, All right. Maybe I should try to do the accent from where they're from. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Dear Mistress Mia and Master John. <laughs> Where are they from? <laughs> Hold on. The I'm Upper gonna, West Side. I'm gonna, oh, look at that. You're so close. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, doing this podcast. Uh. <laughs> I love torture Thursdays and all your kinky, funny stories. So I have a boyfriend who is a chronic masturbator. <laughs> Doing a Jersey accent of a man, and now it turns out it's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> I've got to oh, change God. it. Okay. okay, this is not proofreading. Okay. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm tired of catching a masturbate instead of coming to bed with me and having sex with me instead of his damn hand. It's really getting old. And I'm good in bed. I like different positions. And I suck his dick all the time. (laughs) What can I do to get him to wake up and see what he's missing? Annoyed in New York. Antonia. Yeah. (laughs) First thing she needs to do. Yes. Tell us, John. She needs to find out what lipstick his hand's wearing so she can get the same lipstick. Okay. Because apparently his hand is real fucking cute. Apparently. And sucks his dick way better than she does. So she needs to get the right lipstick. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Okay. So I I have some fabulous ideas. I bet you do. I really do. I'm going to piggyback off of some of your ideas. Okay. So here we go. So (laughs) the question is, Antonio, where does he masturbate? So, does he masturbate in bed while he's looking at his phone all the time? Is he, you know, somewhere like in his man cave? Why is he sneaking off and hiding it? Yeah, like in his car or something else. Okay. So <laughs> In the backyard while he's pretending to mow the grass? Maybe. Just standing We're, behind the tree, beating it off. Wherever he's doing it, though, this is what you got to do. You go and get Tiger Balm. And you put Tiger Balm... On all of his shit in the surrounding areas of where he's jacking his dick. <laughs> that way, <laughs> you know, put put some Tiger Balm in his undies. You know, his masturbating undies. So when he goes to work, he's sweating his ass off and his dick and balls start burning. Right. Yeah. You know, 
putting it on socks. So yeah. when he wipes his dick off with yeah. his sock. There you go. <laughs> you you got to put, the, you got to think mean. Okay. Because if he's jacking his dick and he doesn't have sex with you, um, something tells me typically, and this is the psychological aspect of it, that he needs reaffirmation of himself. Um, you know, maybe he's lazy. Maybe he doesn't want the effort of, you know, actually having sex. Um, maybe he finds you intimidating. Maybe you're too hardcore of a bitch. Who knows? But either way, dump his ass. Right. If he doesn't want to have sex with you, that that's an issue. It is an issue. It's, it's not that he's masturbating. I mean, that's masturbating is a symptom. Mm-hmm. If, if he doesn't want to be with you, yes, then that's an issue. Clearly. Especially if you're sucking his dick. Yeah, stop yeah. sucking his dick. Yeah. Stop doing his favors. I'm just saying, if a girl's sucking your dick and she's doing it on a regular basis, you, why why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Something's not right. I, I think he's lazy. And personally, I think it's lazy. Yeah. You know, sometimes men just can't get it up if they're too lazy and they have no initiative and they're unhealthy. You know, and it could be. Maybe he thinks she's boring, but it doesn't sound like she's boring. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. So, <laughs> shall, shall we read our second email? Sure. All right. Yay, emails. <laughs> Bella wants to know if we need anything <laughs> from the store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put surprise us. <laughs> give me a beer. <laughs> oh, do you, do you have some beer? I know. Give charge me some beer. That makes okay. a lot better. Beer. <laughs> Be- oh, I put beat. <laughs> beer and uh, I'm, I don't know. You know, not Fritos. Some type of chips, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Even better. Oh, oh, French onion dip. There we go. French onion dip. What? What? Okay. So now that we're so distracted, I love it. I'm just like, we're taking this out. Yeah. No, no, we're not. No. We're living our life. We're living our best life, John. This is re- the reality of the This the is podcast. the reality. Okay. You ready? Next one. This is just for you. All right. Dear Master John. Oh, bullshit. You're making it up. No. Okay. It says, Dear Master John, not even Mistress Mia. All right. Dear Master John, what is the best advice for taking on a submissive? And what does being a dom mean to you? Wow. That's a tough question. I know. See, that's why it's just for you, not for me. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to answer that one. You know, when I think about taking on submissive, you've really got to think about the relationship aspect. Because a DS relationship in a lot of ways is more intimate than a regular vanilla relationship. Because you're going to be doing things together that take a lot of trust. Very much so. So taking on a submissive isn't something that you do lightly. You know, you can play at the local dungeon. You can do a scene. I can top somebody all day long. But to be a dom to someone means 
taking responsibility, not just, oh, you're going to do what I say, but now you're taking responsibility for what happens. You're taking <clears throat> the biggest thing is like the psychological aspect, like you just said with the last one. You're doing these things for this person or to this person or however you want to describe it. There's consequences for your actions. When you mind fuck someone, they take that home with them. Whether they say they do or not, they take it home and they listen to what you have to say. Especially if you get them into subspace, they really start to think about your words and they they start to become ruminating thoughts. So you want to be really careful. You want to really negotiate everything beforehand. You don't want to start with especially humiliation and degradation. Those things can really affect someone. So you really want to think about, is this person stable enough to do what we're talking about doing? Is this person experienced? Have they done this before? Do they seem like the things that they're asking for are things that you can do? And you want to make sure that everything's consensual. You want to, like, like we talked about yesterday, do the checklist, be really honest with each other, and then you, that gives you a roadmap to what types of things you can and want to do. Because you're not going to want to do the same things with everyone. Some One relationship is going to be different than another. It's going to be different than another. You're not going to do the same things. You don't want to do the same things. It's a, you want to build that dynamic. But the first thing you want to do is start slow and get to know the person. And what I would do is... Instead of just taking on submissive, I would put somebody under consideration. Let's play a few times. Let's get to know each other <clears throat> and just not rush into it. I think a lot of people, the biggest mistake they make is they rush into it. They see somebody that they like, they want to play. Oh, yeah, I want to be a submissive. Okay, let's do it. And then a lot of people get hurt that way. I don't know. I got real deep and serious. You got real God. deep. God, how do you take on a submissive? Get on the cross, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you did, you did the BDSM test with right. past submissives. Right. You know. And I remember when you, you played the role of daddy, it still wasn't you, but you did it. You it was wanted, something we tried. It was something you tried. Right. Yeah. So Dom's are trying involving the same as the submissives are. Yeah. So we, we tried new things. You know, and with that person, it worked out okay, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, she's but I wonderful. Would, I wouldn't do that with, I don't think I'd do it any, with anyone else. Yeah. The dynamic I have now is different. I wouldn't do that with the person I'm with now. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. I would never do that with her. Oh, no, she'd kick your ass. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and but we do other things, and we, we're exploring new things. We both are. Yeah. And that's the thing about BDSM. I don't want to have the same relationship I had with somebody else. Absolutely. I want to grow. I want to become more. I want to evolve. So I've I've found somebody that does that for me, and I do that for her. So it's just, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. It is a tough question. I, I think another form for me, another form of, you know, um, friendship or relationship is how I view my relationships that I've had with my subs, mm -hmm. you know, because we can have a friendship outside of BDSM. Right. You know, and I think that's what people forget. I think so many people, male and female subs, especially, they're so... Um, they're so anxious. 
Speaking of female submissives. I'm going to get a blindfold for you and a muzzle for you. <laughs> She's a submissive and she wants constant attention. She is my brat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think. Pay attention to me. Yes, exactly. That's like your ex girlfriend right there, John. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about exes, remember? We no, no, we don't. <laughs> we're not bringing that up. So, but my point of it is, I think so many people are so desperate to, I think if you just put your hand on her, I think she'd I've appreciate tried. that. I've tried. I've put my hand all over her. She wants your hand on her. My magic hands. Um, but I think people are so desperate, like some My hand is on her. She wants your hand. I think so many people are desperate to find a connection, find a dom, but they don't realize they they have to stop and say they need to look at other values in that person before they even get to BDSM. There's a real person on the other side exactly. of this. Exactly. Is it going to be a scene? Is it going to be a relationship? Because you can't do BDSM. I know a lot of people say 24-7. Yeah. And that's a fun concept for some people. Yeah. But the reality of that is nearly impossible. True. You know, you have to, you have kids, you have friends and families outside of the BDSM. Yeah. You go to work. You, there's, there's a relationship involved in that. Even if you just, you meet once a week and you have your primary relationship outside and you're just doing these scenes, just BDSM. Yeah. There's still a relationship that evolves with that person, a friendship at least, if not more. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just trust, it's respect as well. You know, I think it's honesty. Right. You know, you weren't an honest person to do scenes with and people think they don't think about that when the scene is over the scene has to be over absolutely so a lot of we talk about aftercare a lot to me a lot of times the main portion of aftercare is the parts we're not thinking about it's the time we spend with the person outside of the scene yeah so and you know how many times and this is the last thing I'll say about this there's so many times where we've come across subs and they want to forget their job forget their life be locked up in the dungeon and blah, blah, blah. And I say to them, hey, that's great for Christian Gray because he was a millionaire. Right. <laughs> he can afford to do those things. Right. But in real life, he can't. And I think that another part that people forget is when you become that involved and that wrapped up into another person and you lose yourself, and that, that might be the fantasy for some people, but then you don't have anything to talk about anymore. You don't have any real connection anymore outside of the dungeon. That's right. And the relationship falls apart. Because if you if you can't talk to each other, you don't have things to say to one another, there's, there is no relationship. You have to go outside of each other and interact with the world and come back. You have to give yourself time to miss each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. They <laughs> think you're saying my answer is so funny. No, she's talking about her dog. I'm talking about my dog. She's she's so engrossed in this conversation. I'm holding her. She's like just she's, happy you're holding her. She's just intent on conversation. Like this is so exciting for her. All right. <laughs> so our next email, dear Dungeon Crew. 
Love your podcast. Thank you again so much. I've been in the lifestyle for eight years now. I've gone to dungeons and munches. I think I've seen a lot. But what is a typical scene you do in the dungeon? Typical. Typical scene. I don't think there is a typical scene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to answer that one, John. You always want me to answer. Well, fine. Don't fucking answer it. (laughs) Typical scene, and it's the same thing most people think about when they think about BDSM, is going to be some impact play. Yeah. Um, so put them on the cross, do some flogging, just get to know them, get to know their body. We start out slow. For me, if it's not, if it's a woman, for me, when it's a woman, <laughs> John's dominates the men's. Yeah. <laughs> if I go down and it's a man, I just spit on them and tell them how much they suck. <laughs> you want it? You want it? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know. For me, I'm a sensualist. So, if I'm doing a fire scene, or if I'm doing fire cupping, or electrical play, or flogging, it always includes a lot of touching, a lot of caressing. You know, you hit them on the back a few times, get them warmed up. And then you run your hand down their back, and it gives them that that shock of sensation from from pain down to that sensual level. And it, it does the same thing with when I drop candle wax. It's it's all about the touch and the and the, um, the variety of sensations that you can create and the fantasy. The, my my question always is, what is your fantasy? What do you, what do you want to happen? You know, and I can get people to the same place through different methods. You can too. We've seen people go in and say, don't hit me hard. I don't want to go to subspace. Never hit them hard. Went straight into subspace. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just a different way of connecting. Um, So, yeah, typical. There is no typical, but I think for me it's always going to be a lot of touching and I'm trying to, you know, get them to a point where they can have a release, whether that's through, we use vibrators, we use all kinds of stuff, but a mental release. Yeah, absolutely. It's not always, the objective isn't always, did they have an orgasm? The the objective is, were they able to, have an experience where they could let go for a minute and they could lose themselves in the experience and let the outside world go. And a lot of times, especially at the parties, I really notice I'll be in the middle of a scene and when the scene is going well, you forget anybody else is there. It's just you and the other person. And that normally for me, fire scenes will do that for me. I'll be so, um, intense with the person that I'm with and with the fire that everything else just disappears for both of us. And that's when I know it's been a successful scene. That's a great answer. Is it? It is such a great answer, John. I mean, I don't go around shitting on people and stuff, but you know, (laughs) I say that for my bestie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not a typical scene. No, it is not a typical scene. We talk about a lot of 
edge playing a lot of things, but those are those are not typical scenes. No, those typical are scenes are they come in, they don't know what they want. We do a little bit of impact, we do a little bit of breath play, we do sensory deprivation, discipline. Yeah, collaring. Yeah. Absolutely, a little fun. Yeah. yeah, we just try different things and see what they like. So next time we'll, we can explore and build on what they liked from the first time. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Last email. This is, see if you can guess. Dear Mistress Mia and Master John, I have guilt every day for wanting to explore my feelings for BDSM. I cross-dress when my wife is gone, but lately my desire just continues to get stronger. Do you think I'm really gay and living a lie because I fantasize about wanting cock all the time? Horny in Liverpool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know how many times people say this. I'm not gay. Listen, if you're fantasizing about cock, you're gay. It's okay. Or at least bisexual. bisexual. If you like dick, you like dick. <laughs> It doesn't have anything to do with the cross-dressing. <laughs> Those are two separate subjects. You can you can be a cross-dresser and not be gay. <laughs> you can't fantasize about sucking on a cock and then say, oh, well, I'm not gay. If a, yeah. if a man <clears throat> sexually turns you on, then you're attracted to men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of... It gets confusing because I've talked to a lot of people, especially women that are... They call themselves heteroflexible. Mm-hmm. They enjoy having sex with a woman. They, they're fine with. They, they really like it, but they can't see themselves in a relationship with a woman. So they draw the line there. Well, I'm not really lesbian, or I'm not really bisexual, because I don't want to have a relationship with a woman. I want to have sex with her, but to me, that's splitting hairs. I don't know. <laughs> if you right. want to have sex with a woman and you like eating pussy. You know, you're probably bisexual woman. A lot of people are heteroflexible. I mean, I saw a t-shirt one time and a guy had it on. It said, I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. Right. <laughs> I'm going to buy that shirt. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit. So, let's break this down. Huh. So, he's a cross-dresser. So he wants to be a girl. So he wants to be a girl. I feel like a girl. Feel he like a feel girl. Like a girl. And he's doing it behind his wife's back. Yes, you're living a lie. Yes, if you're if you're hiding it from your spouse, yes. that's an issue. Big issue. Bigger than am I gay or not? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're hiding something from your spouse, that's a big that's a big problem. You know, we had Rick on the show. Yeah. You know, and he very much was living a lie. Yeah, when you read that email, that's that's who I thought of. Yeah. Yeah, because he came on a couple times. I mean, ultimately, he told his wife. But, yeah. you know, now he's got his own little private dungeon. He's yeah. living with a woman. He told his wife. His she didn't like it. But yeah. he's much happier now. Yeah. Because he's able to be himself. You know, sometimes relationships don't work out. That's it. And sometimes that's for the best. That's it. But lying to your partner will never work out for you. No, it will not. And, you know, back to a lie of, you know, being bisexual. He knows he's bisexual, so why ask us? Yeah. Well, because he's lying to himself, too. Oh, uh-huh. that's true. 
And it's, don't lie to yourself. It's easy to lie to yourself. It is. You know, you tell the lies for so long that you start to believe them. Damn. That's deep, John. Yeah. It's really deep. <laughs> when, almost as deep as that guy wants his cock. Almost as deep mouth. as this cock goes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, when you start to believe your own lies, it's hard to get out. It's hard to find reality again. Because now you've created a world and you've deceived yourself. Very much so. So deep. I, I think that's where a lot of depression comes from. People, they have this world in their head that's not reality and they don't know how to get out of it because it's the world that they created. How do you get out of a world that you created? Damn. Yeah. That's sad. Yes. God. Just come to the dungeon. Let us beat it out of you. Exactly. Fuck. Cry. A Let's rape bit you. And fuck go it. home. Yeah. And John will fuck you with his cry dick in, in his the mouth. tub and say, "Oh my God, I am gay." <laughs> <laughs> come here. Let me put my dick in your mouth. Um. <laughs> sounds exciting. <laughs> no, what I say. Yeah, John, don't do that. John's John, not in a little world. John lives in a big world. In a big world. <laughs> <laughs> With titties everywhere. With titties. Yay! Yay, titties. Yes. <laughs> wow. We've wow. seen some nice titties this past week. Yeah, we have. Yes. I see nice titties all the time. You do. I know. One of the perks of being... You know, perky titties, Master John being your bestie, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so you ready to say goodbye to our listeners? No, 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 Aww. oh, I miss them. <laughs> all right, well, until next time, make all of your we answer your emails with shitty answer fantasies, <laughs> become realities. <laughs> oh, 